Hello, everyone, and welcome to this podcast by QCG, where we look to discuss and explore issues that are high up on the reward and HR agenda. My name is Juan Novoa. I'm the consulting lead at QCG, and I will be your host today. Uh, today, we are going to talk about plans for the return to the workplace with restrictions coming to an end in the UK, the vaccination program well underway, and naturally organizations have turned their attention to planning and implementing those plans uh, to manage the return to the workplace of their employees. Uh, so today we're going to talk about this and discuss findings from a recent survey we launched in which more than 100 organizations participated and reported key areas of their plans and, and how much progress they've made with these plans. If you haven't heard about QCG before, we are a reward and employee experience consultancy based in London. And you can find out more about us on www.qcg.co.uk. Joining me today is Hattie Edwards, Hattie, is a junior consultant in our team and she led on the research and on going through the insights that came out of the data that participants reported uh, and Hattie will be talking us through some of the key messages emerging from from that survey. Hello Hattie, welcome. Hello Juan, thank you for having me. <laughs> My, My first pleasure. ever podcast, so I'm interested <laughs> to, uh, to see how it goes. <laughs> Very good. And then congratulations on your podcast debut. Thank you. It <laughs> will be fine. Um, so, so let's start by looking at something that has become very topical these days, and is the whole employee-centric approach to pretty much uh, everything. If you look at trade media and newsletters, you'll see employee-centric popping up very often. And uh, sure enough, uh, one of the key themes emerging from the survey was that employee-centric approach to, to planning. So can you tell us a little bit about where this employee-centric approach becomes more apparent? Sure. Um, so from the um, outcome of the survey, I think there are three main areas where this has become apparent, this employee-centric approach. So the first being um, in terms of employee consultation, so the extent to which organisations have consulted with their employees in designing and pl planning their return to work. Um, so in terms of employee consultation, I think the first thing to highlight is that nearly all of participants consulted with their employees. Um, the most common method was through opinion surveys and individual conversations and actually focus groups as well. It was also really encouraging to see that nearly a third of organisations use three or more methods of employee consultation. Um, so, you know, it kind of highlights the importance that organisations are placing on um, consulting with their employees but taking this a step further they've recognized that relying on just one or two methods just isn't enough um 
using more methods, I suppose, ensures organisations really capture what employees are thinking, their opinions, their potential concerns about returning to the workplace. That was really encouraging. Um, another area where this becomes apparent is the extent to which employee opinions have actually influenced the shaping of organisations' plans. Um, so what I mean by that is nearly all organisations said that employees influence their plans to a degree. Um, so it's really encouraging to see the link between the consultation stage and actioning the final plan. Um, and actually, there a greater proportion of organisations indicated that their plans were heavily influenced by employee opinions, as opposed to influenced to a degree. Again, really highlighting this employee centric approach um, and, and encouraging the link between the cons consultation stage and the final shaping of plans. Um, and I suppose the third area where this becomes apparent is in terms of the key drivers for employees returning to the workplace. So it's interesting to see, and it was comforting in a way, that employee well-being, a sense of belonging, collaboration were the main significant drivers for employees to return to the workplace, as opposed to financial elements um, in terms of business success. So this really highlights to me that organisations are putting well-being, the well-being of their employees, the cultural values, ensuring that employees feel like they belong to the organisation and opportunities for employees to collaborate with one another ahead of the possible financial reasons to get employees back to the workplace. Well, Hattie, that's very, very interesting. And, and I think there's some reflection points there. The first uh, one in terms of the consultation that took place, by the look of it, it, organizations are taking it seriously. It's not just a tick box exercise uh, very interesting to see how just mirroring that approach to multi-channel communications, sure. multi-channel approach to, to capture an employee opinion. And then it really my eye how that ties up with the degree of influence employee input is having on decisions. So it's not just, mm -hmm. again, not just a tick box exercise. Uh, Absolutely. You carry on. But they seem to be taking it seriously, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. And really taking that into consideration. Uh, and finally, it's really interesting to see the, the key drivers for the return to the workplace. Uh, I think well-being, probably we, people won't be surprised by that. And we've been discussing mm -hmm. throughout the pandemic how well-being has really been top of the agendas uh, for uh, organizations. And to see it still be there, I think, uh, tells us a lot and is very positive. Collaboration and ourselves have experienced that in, in our own mm -hmm. team. Definitely. And seeing how things really flow a lot more easily when we are all together in the office. And I think it's a common thing in organizations. The other thing that I wanted to pick up is that actually what, what's not there among the list of key drivers, uh, mm -hmm. and in particular this point around uh, productivity, right? Mm -hmm. Because at the start of the pandemic, there were a lot of concerns around potential drops in productivity, what remote work would do, productivity. And, and one of the most valuable learnings from the pandemic, 
I think has been that you can continue with businesses. Productivity was broadly maintained at the same levels, maybe even in some areas improved. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's good to see that organizations recognize that and they are not making the narrative of the return to work is around productivity, but actual things that are where you can see tangible improvements and having the employee at the center. So, so that's very good. And, and, and I think it was a great uh, way to start the conversation. Now, if we look at other themes that emerged from the research, it's a very interesting one, which is accountability. And uh, it's definitely worth exploring because in this type of situation, we are defaulting to thinking about organizations, the responsibility of organizations and what organizations are doing. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, there's a risk of overlooking the role of employees and, and what it means for employees. And just before we explore that, I think we need to apologize for background noise. This is yet another reason why the return to the workplace is relevant. It seems that Hattie's neighbors uh, chose a very bad time to do some renovation work. So uh, apologies for that. And hopefully you don't find that too distracting. And so Hattie, going back to the accountability point, Sure. What can you tell us about that? So there's two areas I quite like to address here in terms of employee accountability moving forward. The first of which um, refers to the format in which employees are expected to return to the workplace. The second of which is in terms of the guiding principles that organisations have used to shape their plans. So the first one. Um, So the research identified that a significant proportion of organisations are going to follow either of the following approaches. The first one being employees are expected to be in the office a set number of days, whether that be two days, three days, four days a week. But employees have the freedom to choose which days they go into the office. The second approach is that employees are expected to go into the workplace on ad hoc days based on business requirements but then have the freedom to choose what other days to go into the workplace, if at all. So this element of choice and this freedom that organisations are giving their employees um, kind of translates into employees now having greater accountability in terms of how and where they work in the future. So organisations are setting the parameters around the expectations of the amount of time spent in the workplace, but essentially it's then on the employee's shoulders to use the freedom of that time to get their job done. Um, And the second area of employee accountability is some key uh, guiding principles that organisations indicated that they used in shaping their plans include the likes of autonomy. So organisations are clearly ensuring that their plans enable employees to have the autonomy autonomy and naturally therefore the accountability over where and how they work in the future. Another guiding principle I thought was interesting was empowerment. I suppose in term, it's similar to accountability in terms of organisations are empowering their employees to do the, their work, to do their job in a way that suits them and works for them. And then the final guiding principle which I thought was interesting was trust as well. 
organizations are trusting their employees to get their job done again placing more accountability on their employees to do just that and to me that last principle of trust really sits at, at the heart of employee accountability uh, because it in a way first of all it is no longer an option with the pandemic uh, employees were forced to to trust their employees and mm -hmm. um, the levels of productivity during the pandemic and remote working showed that that trust was reciprocated mm -hmm. and, and i think organizations are probably in a place where they feel okay this trust that we placed in our employees during the pandemic is something that actually is is of value and as, as you said hattie it, it's at the center of these plans and mm -hmm. in giving employees that freedom that choice it seems that that trust is still there i think one of the things for us to keep an eye on is and, and you mentioned this, this uh, parameters mm -hmm. that are set uh, for employees to act, that guidance that is provided. Uh, so that employees make the most of this trust and, and everybody wins in this situation. But it's really telling that, that trust was explicitly brought up mm -hmm. as one of the principles. And, and I do think it will be at the heart of, of creating more accountability among employees. If we look at some other themes and some of the conclusions that we arrived at with this survey. Uh, when you look at ways of working that are changing, uh, the employee experience in general is changing as a result of the pandemic. And this seems to have opened the door to develop some fresh ideas around the employee value proposition. Where do you see the biggest opportunities here? I think there are two areas of opportunities here. Uh, the first of which is working conditions. So the pandemic has proven that employees can work away from their usual workplace. And going back to the key drivers that we've um, identified in, in the survey, productivity was... Uh, was not a significant driver for getting employees back to the workplace. Okay, so essentially, we have established that employees can work from a remote, remote location. Um, so in terms of EVP, working conditions is an area that can really be um, explored and adapted and retested and designed um, to really bring out the best of the employee experience here. So greater flexibility, um, will result in a happier and a healthier workforce, greater employee engagement, greater productivity, and in the end, business success. So making sure that employees have flexibility over their work, where they work, how they work, will really, really drive this area of employee value proposition. Of course, there are some industries and there's some roles that enabling remote working just isn't viable. So roles like construction, which require employees on site or manufacturing roles, which require employees to be in the factory. But this really shouldn't be seen as a barrier. There are ways in which employees, uh, in, in terms of employees, can improve the working conditions for these roles specifically. 
Um, so, for example, organisations could consider setting shifts that take employees' personal preferences into account or enabling employees to accumulate additional hours in exchange for time off later in the month or even flexibility around the start and finish times. Um, so I think working conditions uh, and specifically in terms of flexibility is really something that could take off here. Um, the other area of opportunity I see is around organisational identity. So enabling employees to have flexibility over where, how and when they work will really do amazing things for an organisation's brand to be seen as an inclusive employer. But on the other side of this is you can really see benefits in attracting talent from a wider pool. So maybe those with caring responsibilities, those with disabilities who originally may not have been able to apply for a role because they didn't think there would be the flexibility to do the role plus cater for, for their needs. So I think it's a really exciting time and really looking forward to seeing how the employee experience, the employee value proposition will explode post-pandemic and what organisations creatively will come up with. That's really good because if, if we look at employee value proposition or EVP, uh, it is not new and, and there's been noise around this area for quite a while. I think what the pandemic has done is really provided much more targeted and tangible opportunities to do important things. Uh, I think it's important also to to look at how organizations have fared in the eyes of their employees during the pandemic. And we're pleased to see that, that all that focus on well-being, that trust, that responsiveness from organizations has generally been welcome. Uh, in many conversations with clients, they report very positive results of their engagement service and other uh, employee opinion exercises that they've conducted. So we can see a lot of goodwill being created here. Definitely. That in a way, as it places more responsibility in the organization to, to continue and build on that goodwill and, and not go against it as mm -hmm. we come out of the pandemic and we return to the workplace. And those two areas of flexibility and organizational identity definitely at, at the center of things. Um, something that you mentioned, which uh, is very important, is that the, the conversation around return to the workplace can mistakenly be focused just on, on remote virtual mm -hmm. work. Uh, but there's other workers that do not have that as an option, mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean they should be included. Things like flexibility at the points that you raised were, were very valid and very helpful here. So I think organizations will have an opportunity to enhance their brand. Mm -hmm. um, what will be interesting to see is to what degree they can actually create a differentiating offer around these aspects mm -hmm. and in particular flexibility because everybody or many organizations will be looking at flexibility. Uh, there's even an expectation now, or there will be a greater expectation on the side of candidates and employees for greater flexibility. Mm -hmm. So it's something that, that every organization will probably have to do to some degree. So it'll be really interesting to see, and it's something that we'll also keep an eye on, uh, how organizations actually differentiate themselves from, from others and mm -hmm. how do they get that story across? What's the narrative behind it? so that their EVP is in effect something that makes them stand out 
definitely. VAs of their current employees and potential future employees. Um, another area that can and may be impacted uh, as a result of the return to the workplace and the pandemic is performance management. And we've had several conversations around this. And in there, there, there is a connection there with the point of greater accountability on employees, greater mm-hmm. trust, and how these themes feed into the performance management conversation. So what, what are you seeing in terms of how performance management or the trends in performance management that we were already observing before the pandemic? How have these trends evolved during the pandemic and, and what other new trends may, may be emerging? Sure. Well, I, th- I think we were slowly shifting from performance management to a performance development approach before the pandemic. So shifting away from this annual performance reviews characterized by infrequent conversations between manager and employee uh, and goals being set by the manager alone to a more collaborative approach to goal setting. So between the manager and employee, they work together to identify where the employee's performance is going to, is, is expected or goals they want to hit in the next year. Um, there's more frequent conversations between the two parties about the goal, the journey in which the employee is, is on to reaching those goals. Um, and with the manager playing a supportive role um, in coaching their employees to, to get to where they need to be. Um, So with employees having more accountability over the way they work, where they work, how they work, it is kind of welcomed in my eyes because this accountability means that employees need to have more conversations with managers to ensure that they're on track in performing to the best of their ability, contributing to their personal development, which then naturally translates into contributing to the business success. Thank you, Hati, for those thoughts. And and I... So by the look of it, this return to the workplace will, will probably accelerate some of these trends or will provide mm-hmm. a, let's say, a more favorable setting or backdrop for a lot of these ideas to take hold. And, and a lot of these mm-hmm. ideas around performance development are even more relevant now in this environment mm-hmm. than they were before the pandemic. So it, it seems that this is a genuine... Uh, one option for organizations to improve performance management and to make it more relevant to today's world of work. So it was really interesting to look at all of these findings and trends from the survey, just uh, anecdotically in a way and a bit closer to home. Mm-hmm. What, what has this return looked like for, for you and your experience within our team? What have you enjoyed and what you struggled with. Uh, tell us a sure. bit about your own experience. So I joined QCG about a year ago now, uh, straight out of university. Um, and so the past year has been challenging for me in terms of when I joined, we were fully remote. Then throughout the summer last year, had some days in the office, then over the winter period, fully re- remote again. And now we're you know, thinking about returning to the workplace on a more regular basis. Um, so it's been there's lots been highs and lows and um, I suppose for me going back to the office is good in terms of my learning 
um, being in the physical workplace together means that I can pick up on conversations between senior members of the team, which obviously I would not have been exposed to when I'm at home. Um, and in terms of clarifying things that I may not understand, it's very easy to say to to you who's sitting opposite me, am I on the right tracks along, like, along the right lines on this, as opposed to messaging saying, have you got a second? And it's, it's, it's a, uh, the conversation's a lot more, flo it flows a lot easier and um, I get wider exposure to, to the kind of um, spontaneous conversations that, that happen in the, in the office. Um, I suppose in terms of sense of belonging, I think it's very easy for people to feel very isolated at home. They feel like the challenges they face uh, every day are they only face, they're the only people in the world that are facing them when actually being in the office makes you realise that these challenges are faced by everybody, no matter how senior you are in the business. Um, so I suppose those two areas are, are yeah, definitely some advantages of, of being back uh, back in the office. So I'm looking forward to um, the, the, the structured return, which hopefully will come in the next few months. <laughs> Very good. And, and, and in a way, it's a nice way to, to wrap up, to look at our, at our own micro universe and, and, and to see that those themes of well-being and collaboration mm -hmm. are very real and are tangible to us and we feel them, we experience them and they're being reflected in organizations. Um, this has been a really helpful conversation and hopefully for those of you listening, you've taken uh, some good insights, some food for thought. I would remind you of uh, a number of points that we touched on today. First, the value of following an employee-centric approach and the types of things that you can do to make sure that's the case. And the point around employee accountability, what that means and being clear about it and making sure that this is a two-way conversation and the return to the workplace is not just about what the organization does. The opportunities that are emerging uh, both in terms of the employee value proposition and a very, very good opportunity to really revisit, refresh, and, and ideally dramatically changed, change the, the way performance is being managed. Uh, so thank you very much, Hattie, for all your hard work in the survey, for these insights, and for your time today. It was really good to have you on no the problem. podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you again, Hattie. And this is all for today thank you everyone for listening we hope you enjoyed it and we hope that you join us in future podcasts in the meantime uh, we invite you to keep an eye on the articles that we produced and other information that you can find on our website uh, just go to www.qcg.co.uk thank you everyone for listening and goodbye